Well, good morning. I think uh, many of you know that my mum lived with Alzheimer's for the last part of her life. And one of the blessings of her Alzheimer's, and I do realise that dementia and Alzheimer's isn't all blessing, but one of the blessings for her was that in her confusion, she seemed to return to living in the safe place of her childhood. And part of that for her was a return to her Sunday school childlike faith. She liked to sing the chapel choruses she learned as a child in the 1930s. And her favourite one was this, and I don't know whether you um, know this one, but I now know it very well. I am feeding on the living bread, I am drinking at the fountain head, and whoso drinketh, Jesus said, shall never, never thirst again. What never thirst again? No, never thirst again. What never thirst again? No, never thirst again. And whoso drinketh, Jesus said, shall never, never thirst again. For us, and I think especially for me, this song became the theme tune of Mum's final years. We sang it with her. We sang it over her and we sang it for her at her funeral. And it's not bad as a theme tune as it incorporates one of the great promises of God which Jesus proclaims in the passage we are reading this morning. John 4 verse 13. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. It is this amazing promise we are going to consider together this morning. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we look at your word and we look at this promise, would you open us up to your spirit this morning? And would you just draw alongside us and talk with us? Amen. We are focusing in this series on some of the conversations between Jesus and other people that are recorded in the Gospels. And um, John is especially good at recording these encounters and drawing lessons from them. It is obvious that, um, if you read John, that a lot of the important things Jesus said were not taught on mountaintops to crowds, but were in private conversations with individuals. Now this particular conversation that we are looking at between Jesus and this woman would have been shocking in so many ways 
to those who originally read it or heard it, especially to those from a Jewish background. Let's look at the context. Jesus is tired and weary. He has been walking a long way. It is midday and the sun is hot. He is thirsty and slumps by a well. The disciples go off to the village to get some food and it is then that he meets the woman. Now there are many things to be said about this conversation from Jesus's point of view. It is a, a conversation that is risky as well as shocking. This is a lone woman and young Jewish rabbis did not converse with strange women. That could be easily misunderstood. And this is not just a lone woman, this is a Samaritan woman. And Jews definitely didn't talk to Samaritans who they were taught to despise and condemn. They were specifically told never to share a water or food vessel with a Samaritan. And this is probably an outcast woman seen as less than respectable and shunned by the other women in her village. And that is why she is having to draw her water in the heat of the day when no one else is there. So this encounter crosses society's boundaries, cultural boundaries and religious boundaries. No wonder that woman is surprised when Jesus addresses her. So a lot more could be said about that, but I want to concentrate on just one part of this conversation, which, as you may have already guessed, is that bit about water. When we look at these personal conversations Jesus has, so often there seem to be three people, or three in this conversation. The person, Jesus, and his Father God. Sometimes Jesus refers explicitly to what God tells him to do and say, but even when he doesn't, you always feel that Jesus is waiting upon God and is guided by God before he speaks. And so it seems to be here. Jesus is tired and weary and thirsty but he is still aware that God is bringing someone to him and has work for him to do. And that astonishes me from a human point of view, because I know when I am tired or weary or hungry or thirsty, I am just not very aware of the needs of others at all and certainly don't want to put myself out for them. Not so with Jesus. He remains open to the Holy Spirit and open to God's leading. And the woman he sees walking towards him, he sees from God's point of view and not a human mindset. 
So to him she is not a rather tawdry and disgraced Samaritan woman, but someone who is thirsty for God. And he opens up the conversation with her by focusing on that deepest need that he sees in her. Verse 10 of our passage. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who asks you for, wa for water to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. No polite platitudes for Jesus. So what can we learn from this? Well, I do think there were no routine encounters for Jesus. Every conversation for him was a God-given gift, a unique opportunity to share the good news. And every time he relies on God to show him what to say and what to do. Looking at people through God's eyes and with God's love. What does this person need to change their life and what could I offer them today? Now you might be thinking that this is all very well for Jesus. He has special powers, special insights, doesn't he? In this instance he somehow seems to know that she has had five husbands and that was what really convinced her, wasn't it? And we might not be able to do that. But one of the reasons that we look at Jesus's life and study it is that in so many ways he is a model of how a spirit-filled Christian can live. The same Holy Spirit in us can prompt us, can give us spiritual insight, can go direct our conversation to open up the deeper needs that people have. We need to learn to listen to God's Spirit and trust his leading and take a risk, even if it seems foolish at the time. So let's turn this conversation around and see it from the woman's point of view. So I think as we've already established, she was an outsider, probably not really accepted by her village neighbours. She was living with a man outside marriage, which was entirely unacceptable then, and seems to have had a long history of other relationships. And then one day, in the monotony and the drudgery of her everyday life, she meets this extraordinary man, who not only notices her and talks to her, but seems to know everything about her. And yet he seems to see beyond her shame and her disgrace and the person she has become to that person underneath, the dry and the needy and the thirsty person underneath. And then he offers her something. I'm guessing that most of the men in her life had taken from her, not given to her. But this young Jewish teacher offers to give her water 
that will spring up continually, water that will give her eternal life. What is it that Jesus is offering? Well, it's not made clear here, but John does make it clear a few chapters later in another instance in the temple where Jesus also speaks about water. This is in John chapter 7, where Jesus says this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So that's what Jesus is referring to, the refreshing, cleansing, life-giving water of the Holy Spirit, available to all who believe in him. And although this woman doesn't fully understand what he is talking about, it somehow chimes in with her deepest need, and she recognises that what he is offering is indeed something special, something life-changing. And so, in the bit of the passage that we didn't get to this morning, she drops her water jar, she rushes back to the village, and she says to her neighbours, Come and see, come and see a man who has told me everything I did. She recognises Jesus as someone who knows her through and through. And she goes on to say, Could this be the Christ, the Messiah? And as a result of her excited witness, her come and see, Jesus and the disciples are invited to stay two days in that village. And they go on to transform many other lives. And a few years later, when Jesus had risen from the dead and given that promised Holy Spirit to his followers, the people of Samaria and the villages around Samaria were the first people outside Jerusalem to receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus' promise that was given to them here was then completely fulfilled. So I wonder what God is saying to us today through this picture of water, life-giving, refreshing, bubbling water. Well, I have been thinking over the last few weeks that actually God is really beginning now to prepare us for the sort of church that we are going to be when we come out of this time of pandemic. And he is partly doing that through this sermon series. So I think there are three points from um, this uh, 
encounter that we've looked at today that he wants us to learn from. And I realised when I was thinking about this this morning that um, conveniently they can be headed praying, connecting and growing, which for those of you who remember that far back uh, will remember that this is the vision that we were working to, praying, connecting and growing. So praying. We have here, um, and we've been looking at, a conversation between two thirsty people who are able to give refreshment to each other. Jesus was physically thirsty and the woman met that very practical need. And then he, in return, gave her spiritual water and met her deep spiritual need. And that made me think of conversations and prayer times that I have. Do that you have conversations and prayer times that do that for you, that meet those physical and spiritual needs? One of the things I've found over this last very difficult year is that having a regular prayer time with a friend has been so important and so life-giving. So is that something that you need to build into your life in order to enable you to feel the refreshment of the Spirit? So that's praying, connecting. Um, and that is really just going back to what I've already said about the way that Jesus made every conversation count for the kingdom. What can we learn from that? No routine conversations for Jesus and no conversations where God is off limits. So as we connect with people at the moment and we are connecting with people although in slightly different ways as we text or as we zoom or as we phone or as we write, or as we Skype. Let's just ask God, what can I give, what can I offer in this conversation that will meet someone else's deepest need? And finally, about growing. And we all need water to grow. I was um, going to show you these rather stumpy hyacinths I have grown. And I think the reason that they are rather stumpy, this one in particular, is because I didn't really give them enough water at the time when they needed it most. And uh, consequently they are beautiful, they are fragrant, but they are not very tall. That promise of being filled with living water, well, that offer is for us too. And I wonder if you are feeling dried out. It would not be surprising if we are not, if we are not feeling dried out at the moment, because we have been a long time without physical fellowship in a dry and hard place. 
And this may be especially what God wants for us today, to receive a new refreshment, a new watering from him. So we're going to pray together for the water of the Spirit. So let's pray. Here is the promise from Jesus. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water which wells up to eternal life. And so, Father, we want to come to you now and claim this promise of Jesus for us today. We too are thirsty people. We are dry and we need your water, the water of your spirit. So would you come now and would you fill us once again? Would you give us water that is refreshing, life-changing, that enables us to grow, that cleanses us and that bubbles up out of us and overflows to others? Lord, would you fill us once again? Amen. So thank you for listening and may God bless you in every way this week. Amen.